going on, Internet, and thanks for stopping by. This is the Certain Effect Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Rivera, and I'm joined alongside my good friends, Mr. Chris Noons and Mr. Andrew Taylor. What is going on, boys? Not a lot. Of, I'm excited about being here finally for the first episode. Yeah. The first, the first real Same. episode. Well, first real episode. I'm glad you guys are here. Um, thank you guys uh, for those of you. Uh, by the time this is launched, or by the time this goes live, we'll have launched our site, Certain Effect. Uh, you can check us out at CertainEffect.com, Facebook.com/slash/CertainEffectGaming. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Certain Effect as well. Uh, so if you haven't already, give us a like, give us a follow, share us with your friends. We really appreciate you guys uh, spreading the word. We want you guys to be a part of the conversation. So at us, uh, at Certain Effect, or you can add us individually on Twitter. And uh, let's just talk about video games and why we love them. That's why we're all here, right? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we've got a, uh, a jam-packed show for you guys. Uh, so we're going to get through it. We're going to start with uh, Hot and Spicy. This is where we uh, take the biggest news of the week and kind of spice it up with some hot takes and debate it. Uh, so like I said, there's a lot of... Big news that dropped this week, so a lot to talk about. The biggest of which is going to be uh, Google unveiling their new Stadia streaming platform. Uh, So this is at GDC earlier this week. Um, By the time this goes live, it'll have been last week. Uh, They, you know, it was the 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 Google CEO pretty much hinted at it. It was the the worst kept secret in the industry. It's something that had been rumored for a very very long time. And uh, yeah, they finally got up there and they shared what it was so i mean just a couple of bullet points that i've got from it is you know they're they're right now through the project stream test kind of tour where they are right now it's 1080p 60 frames a second they have plans to go to 4k and 60 frames a second um they are planning on going upwards to 8k streaming and 120 frames a second which sounds absurd um, there's a big focus on YouTube integration as far as integrating it with content on YouTube. So the idea is you watch a video on YouTube and at the end of it is a little link of, Hey, like you watch this video about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, jump in and play right now. Um, the access and instant access is a big part of it as well. So like I said, at the end of the video, just click it, being able to jump in, resume at any point. Um, a big part of it is being able to suspend your play with the controller and picking it up on a phone, tablet, TV, wherever that is. Um, and just one last thing is the, uh, the CPU or the GPU computing power. Uh, they boast that one GPU, uh, has, 10.7 teraflops, which they said was more than what the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro had combined. Not to mention that the fact that they're in their data center, they're loading multiple ones into these. So they're pretty much promoting to developers, hey, if you want to scale up, you can do that, which pretty much gives you the potential for insane level of detail and graphics. Um, So I'm going to, I guess, start off by asking Chris, um, is Google changing the game? Like, is this, you know, is that like a bold statement to say or or is it too early to declare? Uh, I like the concept. I like the idea. Uh, The thought of being able to play anywhere and watching them hop from machine to machine to machine because they were hopping from a phone to a tablet to a PC to a television was fantastic in (laughs) theory. Uh, will that work in reality? Uh, not, that's the part where I'm a little concerned. I, I'm concerned about a bandwidth with anybody. Uh, I'm concerned with IPSs and data caps with everybody. I'm also concerned about how they're going to monetize this thing. Are they selling you games? Are they selling you a subscription service? If they are selling you the games, 
if you stop the subscription service, are you still able to, or pardon me, if you buy the games, I mean, are you required to have a subscription service in order for all of this to work? There's a lot of what ifs. What this seemed like to me, and again, this was GDC. This wasn't to consumer. This was to developers. Proof of concept. That's all this was. This was a, hey, believe in us. We have ideas. We think this can work. We've test drove this, especially with Assassin's Creed. So we have Ubisoft's backing. Talk to those guys. They can tell you all about it. And then come on board with us. But honestly, there are a lot of what ifs with this. Yeah. Andrew, in terms of, I guess, internet, you know, your personal internet connection, things that you got going on, do you feel as though this is, you know, and, and a lot has come out after this main announcement that I think what they're saying is about 25 megabits per second down is the suggested for 4k. How do you feel, you know, personally about your capability being able to play that or, or run that? Um, so for me personally, I could definitely handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for the common, uh, person with that needs internet access. I mean, I think on average, from what I was reading, is something like a hundred megabytes per second is like the average for most people. I don't know about you guys. I I don't know what your internet is. I mean, I have a I have a gigabyte down, um, but I mean, sometimes it doesn't even get there. You know, it just says up to that. So, um, but I mean, it just it just it it, it seems. It's way better in concept than it is in reality because I think, you know, for right now, the top tier is is 4K 60 frames per second, you know, like if that's what you really want. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to streaming, though, like that kind of thing is you, you have to have like almost a constant connection or right. else that's not going to work out. And the fact that they're suggesting that you can do that up to 8, 8K and 120 frames per second down the road like we're we are far right. from that so very i see what they're trying to do and i see that they're trying to hype people up with with specs like that but i really don't think that this is something that is going to be happening like just right around the corner right and um, how do you feel about it you know gut wise as far as you know impact for the industry both from a consumer and let's uh, say enthusiast standpoint you know like in terms of streamers and press and things like that um I think that I think a lot of mainstream streamers still use like PC. I don't really see them using this a lot because um, like I feel like a lot of streamers that I personally watch are either playing games off of just like Steam or Epic Store or something like that versus like using some sort of like completely separate thing that they have to pay for, which would be the stat Stata or whatever it's called. Uh, Stadia. Stadia. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Stadia is the name of it. I can't remember. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I I don't know. It just it's just a kind of a fever dream. I feel like for them, but I feel that they're trying to put this in front of everyone to kind of hype them up. But I personally, I I I wouldn't buy into this right away because it's gonna have its issues. Like I even watched the stage demo and and. uh, Play, they were playing like Assassin's Creed or something mm-hmm. like that, and there was major lag. There's like a really, there was like an input lag. Like the guy was pressing A to jump or something like that, and the character it took like two or three extra seconds for it to even like react to that. And right. I just don't think that's I, I it, it is the future. Like not even 
you know, being able to like stream everything is definitely the future. But I think another thing that people really have to keep in mind is that internet service providers are like, we just had a bill that was passed like what, not even a year ago where they're going to start really cracking down on usage and it's going to become like way more like, it's going to be it's just going to be more strict it's going yeah. to be harder to to even have like a constant connection you you might have to start paying just to use like twitter or something like that right you know what i mean or like yeah not not just paying for netflix well, but yeah. you might have to pay just to use netflix right you know what i mean like the, the, shit like that yeah like the nightmare scenario in this is like i mean because you have so many new players coming in right like yeah. google's coming in um walmart is rumored to be jumping into <laughs> doing their own streaming thing <laughs> which is like so stupid yeah. cool but like joke. to me and like i think verizon's doing it as well but like what's stopping a comcast from jumping in and saying hey cool cool here's our streaming service if you have comcast and you don't use it we're gonna throttle you know, Google's or anyone else's like, you know, and like, Like that's that's, scary though. Right. That's nightmare scenario. But like you said, like going back to, you know, the net neutrality, everything that's going on with that, like if that all stays the way it is, there's literally nothing stopping someone from like a Comcast or an AT&T from doing that. Yeah. But, but that's the thing is then I I don't know if, if that's, if that's the idea of say like Comcast or Verizon or because I know Verizon has internet, but, Mm -hmm. uh, and like AT&T, if that's the case, then then they must be secretly planning like global domination, right, or something like that. Because I, I, I don't the, know, it, it just what seems, they didn't talk about is is that four K uh, will eat up a terabyte that's a, that's cap space for most people within two yep. or three play sessions. Yeah, that's, that'll be absolutely, absolutely gone. I get why they said four K sixty. Four K sixty is a nice catchphrase. They should really focus mm-hmm. on ten eighty sixty. Just like get it to ten eighty sixty on a consistent basis. Absolutely. Uh, Andy's right. Or Andrew's right. Pardon me. Andrew's right uh, in the side. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, you're no. you're correct uh, in the sense that like those Twitch those Twitch streamers. Any type of lag, they're not gonna. They they use input controllers before yeah. using mm-hmm. Wi-Fi controllers or anything of that nature. So there's no way they're gonna yeah. go with this. That's absolutely not gonna be a thing. I get why they they did this early and did it at GDC because they're trying to get out in front of Microsoft before Microsoft can hit E3 with this because it's gonna be Microsoft's mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. But the fact that they have to talk about it during the summer, the fact that summer is probably gonna be E3, so they're gonna compete with Microsoft for space in this conversation is gonna be a big deal. And Microsoft has all of those third parties in their back pocket already. They don't have to beg for them to hang out with them. Everybody is already hanging out with them. It's Google who's had has to do what Epic is doing right now and try to impress everybody by trying to bring in bring in these big names. And it appears like Ubisoft is just gonna go with whoever's clever. Like they'll they're just gonna go everywhere. They don't care. They're not super specific. Epic, Steam, doesn't matter. They just want their games out as many places as possible. Yeah. I mean I mean like that's the thing though is you have to you have to before like for you to come out on stage and be like here this is what this is i know that there's still obviously information we don't have we have no idea like pricing you know there's no launch date or anything like that it this is basically just this is this, i'm going to say it like this is a dick tease like you're just you're just whipping it out and you just want everyone to see it real quick yep. and then you're going to put it away like well, yeah. the, the problem here is that you're the the people that you're marketing to, which you're trying to make sure that it, it, you're marketing to everyone. Mm-hmm. You want you obviously want like the gaming community as a whole to buy into something like this. But the only people who are going to buy this at launch are those that just ha- they're riding the hype yep. train, right? 
Like I, I would never buy this at launch because I know for a fact it's not going to work. Like it's not, and the and four K sixty frames per second. Are you kidding me? Like I know Comcast is eating my internet. Yep. Like yep. they're watching that sure. shit. So like, if for me to only play this thing maybe tw- three times and yeah. already have my data usage used up, there's there's absolutely no way I'd ever buy into this. And like streamers are not going to catch on to this, at least yeah. not for a very long time. I know that for a fact. You know, the, you know yeah. who's going to hurt is the common everyday person whose kid is playing this on a on a cheap crappy ass laptop. And the parents yeah. don't realize that it's thr- how how quickly it's going to throttle their internet usage, and they're going to find out yep. within the first month, and it's going to be a big huge bummer for that person. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And and another thing you have to realize is like, you know, I opened the the link that you had posted in in, in uh, you know, Google Docs here is so you're you're trying to see you're you're trying to market it as like you can play this anywhere. So yeah. like you're trying to obviously compete with like say like Switch. You know, which is portable. You can take that anywhere. PlayStation, you do remote play. It doesn't work very well, but you're trying to like compete with them. And I, I don't know if Xbox has something like that. I think it does, right? Or would you technically say like Xbox Pass is that? Where yeah, you can, like, I mean, play anywhere, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, the beauty of it is that you can bring it like to PC, but you're still tethered to some Xbox sort of hardware, Live, yeah. right? Xbox Live, yeah. anything that's going to run that software. But here. But with this, it's like, okay, so I'm streaming it to this device. I'm streaming it to this device. There's going to be issues. Mm-hmm. Like, your connection is going to get messed up with uh, – this happens all the time at work with me because I work in a, a tech industry and everyone uses, like, their Bluetooth headphones or, like, there's just a bunch of, of signals that are going around the office. Like, mm-hmm. I get the thing where my my AirPods just stop working and it's because it accidentally connected to, like, someone else's, like, headphone or iPhone or something like that. Right. Like you're gonna have issues if you're gonna be solely being like, okay, this is just a streaming thing. You're gonna stream to this device over here. You're gonna stream to this. like, it's gonna be a pain in the ass, and it's not gonna work. Like, yeah, it's gonna be a very long time before this ever works. And and the scariest thing for me is is the internet service provider thing right. that sure. I was talking about. Like, it, that is what is gonna happen is that the internet internet service providers are gonna reap the benefits off of this more so than Google. Yeah, and I think it's going to come from people like Google and Walmart if they end up getting into the game and Xbox, Microsoft pushing for that kind of like, hey, we need open internet. Hey, we need you guys to do this. Because, I mean, in essence, they're going to become the new retailers. You know, I mean, in theory, if this streaming future becomes a thing, you know, and that's probably a big reason why Walmart's trying to get ahead of this because if all these games are going streaming or all digital, like brick and mortars. For, for all intents and purposes, is kind of shit out of luck. And this is well, that's so, why Google doesn't have a box for this thing. The box wouldn't do anything; it'd basically just be a physical right. piece just sitting there, so that people feel like they have something. But why, why let mm-hmm. Walmart or Best Buy or somebody else take profit off of your box when you could just eliminate the box and make full profit off of the entire thing? The only reason they had the controller, I believe, is so that it showed gamers and or moms, dads that this is a real thing and is a tangible thing because if you just say, hey, it's a cloud-based gaming system to, like, your average dad, he's not going to know what the hell you're talking about. But if you have a controller, at least he gets the concept of, oh, you can play video games on that. Oh, okay, I get what that. That's exactly right. why the controller yep. is shown. Like, that's exactly why it's shown. It's to it's to, to, to reach out to the, the wide sure. spectrum of, of console yep. gamers, right. which is very large, so... Yeah. I, I think mean, it just I don't think it's good. Yeah. Work. I think I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head with, you know, concerns, 
you know, I think that's kind of widespread. Um, I kind of think that the internet is doing a good job collectively of like not getting too hyped about it. Like they're tempering expectations. Um, well, I've seen know. a lot of people being like, take my money. I'm like, okay. Have, <laughs> yeah. have fun with that. I mean, the one thing I will say okay. about the internet on this is people aren't getting super shitty about it. Like they're not like they're not yeah. they're not crapping no. on it. It's not like we don't believe that it'll work. It's just it, we don't believe that it'll work right now. In this in this yeah. day and age, it this is no. not going to work. It, right. This is the yep. future. This is very yeah. reminiscent of, of what will be. I think. Yeah. They're they're getting but their foot in the door and they're opening yeah. the conversation. Um, you know, Very I think early. there's something to be said for being able to play anywhere. Um, that's a big, big selling point of the Switch. So, I think as long as at launch people temper their expectations of, all right, well, I'm not going to get the 4K 60 on my computer. Like I'm going to have dedicated PC, you know, software and hardware for mm-hmm. that. But if the mobile streaming works, like if, you know, if I can do it on my tablet, like there's something really cool about the switch of like, all right, cool. Like my fiance wants to watch Netflix on the TV. So let me just pop the switch out and do that really quick. Um, you know, if I could do that with my iPad and just cool, sync up my Google controller and it works fine, then, you know, and even if it's not crispy, you know, 1080p 60 frames a second, like even if it's 720 on an iPhone or an iPad, like that's still going to look fine. As long as it's passable on those, like the more mobile and like lower end stuff, I think it'll be okay at launch. And I think this is where Microsoft got, has the advantage. Because they're going to have a box. So their box could mm-hmm. be just like the Switch. And, and you, they could say to you, hey, listen, if you're going to play on a connected version, you're going to get 4K60 immediately. If you, do, yeah. if you go to Microsoft Play Anywhere, chances are it could be 4K60, but it'll be at least a minimum of 108060. So that people right. can fall back on having the box. They can still play with physical uh, content if they want to, or they have the option of playing everywhere and so they win-win. They have they can do both, whereas Google is just kind of honed right. in on the one thing. So I think that's got to be Microsoft's message. When they, when they yeah. hit E3 this year, Microsoft needs to come out on stage. They need to show you every one of their games, and the first words out of their mouth are, and this is played on Microsoft Play Anywhere. Like they need to be able to prove yep. of concept. You have to be able to have physical – like the people who are media have to be able to walk in, be able to get hands-on, and be able to touch this thing and use it immediately because if you're just going to give us another proof of concept like Google, Microsoft is going to blow all of the goodwill that they had on that on that E3 stage. Yeah, and it's – I mean it comes down to like Microsoft if they – you know hypothetically if they go that route. Like it's eliminating a lot of the question marks people have about Stadia. Where it is like, all right, cool. Like, do you want the best possible experience? That's possible. Like, 100% of the time, you can do that. You know, you don't have to rely, like, well, what if my internet craps out? Or what if, you know, someone's streaming Netflix while I'm playing at the same time? What's that going to do? You know, it, it's going to eliminate a lot of those what ifs, a lot of those question marks. So, yeah, I think I think you're onto something there with the, uh, the, the dedicated box. I think it would be silly of them not to go that route. Uh, just a quick PSA. Yeah. My cat's in heat right now, so <laughs> if anyone hears like someone's just murdering a cat, she's actually not dying. I've she, I've lived uh, it. She's just frisky. So <laughs> I have I've lived she's, it. And it's she's not getting fun. uh fixed, neutered, whatever the fuck. I Andrew's not kicking cats. Body, <laughs> I'm not kicking cats. She's just hella loud, and she does it all night long when we're trying to sleep. So oh, yeah, I, I sorry yeah. listeners. 
<laughs> Sorry or yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to go yeah, there. Whatever. It's fine. All right, moving along. Let's uh, moving on to the next story. There was a, a Nintendo Direct Nindy Showcase oh, uh, I, this I week, love the and it was yeah. I was about to say, like, arguably, like I don't know. I think this Nindy Showcase to me was better than the most recent Direct. Maybe just because the Direct didn't get me hype about as many sure. things as the Nindy Showcase I, did. I agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, and and I think the Switch has just you know as it's kind of evolved and become as popular as it has, like I think it's really starting to hit its stride in terms of oh shit, this is a thing that people are owning. Let's bring all of our indie games to it. So there's just so many good games, and it's so much different than when PlayStation did not give indie love. Like this, you know, it wasn't indie machine. It didn't give it any any indies any love. So they just stopped producing things for it. Here, like Nintendo's like leaning mm-hmm. heavy into the fact that it's an indie machine. It's like yep. We're all in, aside from our Nintendo crap. So, like, please come yeah. to us. And it and it solves the problem Nintendo consoles have always had is like, where's the third party? Like, you don't have really shitty ports of Mass Effect or Batman that you saw on the Wii U. You can really hang your hat on games like Cuphead and games like you know uh, Golf Story and stuff like that that carry people in between those big marquee first party releases. Seriously, indies are like a third party for them. Like, literally, because mm-hmm. of, of how much stuff goes. I mean, you listen to Kind of Funny, uh, and when he rattles off everything from Nintendo, it's like a list of, like, 30 games every week. It's crazy. Right. And there's something for everybody. Like, it really is. So I'm going to get into these, and I just kind of picked the the ones that stood out the most to me. If you guys have shout-outs, please shout them out. Um, Cuphead is the biggest one. That's coming on April 18th. That's the biggest one because that's the Microsoft-owned or Microsoft-licensed game. So it was rumored a while ago that Cuphead, maybe Ori, those Microsoft Microsoft first party kind of games or second party, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, it's also rumored that uh, I saw this on Twitter somewhere, but it's also rumored that uh, that's when the Cuphead launches. Is that that's when uh, like Xbox Live integration will be launched? Yeah, they said Switch. they're gonna patch. It won't be on launch, but I think they said that they're patching oh, it okay. in. So, but yeah, it, it is the whole like Cuphead's launching. You'll be able to get Xbox achievements through it on the Switch, which is cool. Um, so then going down the list of the more traditional Nindy games, you've got my friend Pedro. That's going to be a console exclusive. That's the Devolver Digital guy, like 2D shooting game. It's like really like parkour centric. You're like doing flips and shooting pans and that game looks awesome. I love that game. Um, a game called Red Lantern debuted. It looked really cool. Looked it's uh, a survival yeah. game. Yeah. Set in your, like a, a dog musher trying to run the Iditarod race. Um, I'm not typically. Actually, ju- oh, sorry. I actually no, just watched a documentary about the Iditarod race. So, yeah. like, this was very fresh in my mind. I was like, "Oh, this seems kind of rad." It looks yeah. like, uh, looks like Firewatch. Yep. Yeah, I of. did. I got Firewatch vibes from it too. And I mean, the the thing that stood out to me about it is it's a survival game, but it seems very narrative driven. I think me personally, when it comes to survival games like Rust and daisy and ones where you're just kind of in this endless loop of crafting and and uh re uh re-upping your your stats like filling your hunger filling your thirst and all that stuff it there's no real point to it so i think kind of wrapping it and evolving around a story appeals to me a whole lot more um this one was really dope this is probably my most excited one uh katana zero also coming out on april 18th like that game looks awesome give me a good 2d side scrolling uh action game and like it seemed like it had like a lot going on with the time slowing down time shooting bullets reversing time things like what that what was the one that was uh yeah. like a pinball game uh that, that is was, uh, creature, creature in the well, in the well. Creature. that game looked awesome yeah yeah i was sold on that game when i saw it yeah i don't know how i feel about so it's a it's it's creature in the well is 
like it's an action adventure mm-hmm. and then like the you're like you're kind of going through these dungeons but you're not fighting monsters you're kind of like solving electrical panels or like fixing electrical yeah, panels yeah you're trying to fix like uh windmills or something like yeah. that i don't and, know some sort of like electrical thing it looks cool yeah and it's all centered around like pinball mechanics so like i'm not a pinball guy so i don't know how heavy it's going to be in that but like the art style looked gorgeous like it just had like this really cool like I don't even know how to call it, like what to call it, like the aesthetic, but it was definitely very like, I don't want to call it like watercolor, but it was very like artsy. Yeah, yeah uh, I liked it, yeah. Uh, Double Fine announced a new game. It's called Rad. It's set in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, the big draw to it is your character kind of, as you go along, you can get different mutations and use that to fight in battle. It gave me like Bastion vibes, like the whole camera perspective and like the combat seemed like it was Bastion-y. Um, yeah. Are either of you guys double fine guys? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Very I'm, good. Yeah. Yeah. I've like, and the reason I ask that is like, I'm historically not really a double fine guy. Like, I appreciated Psychonauts, but I kind of bounced out halfway through because I wasn't really oh, having a good time. I'm way more. I'm a bigger fan of their like smaller stuff. Right. Right. Like, yeah. I, I don't. I don't really like Psychonauts that much. Yeah, their stuff has just been so hit or miss for me, and like it's you know, and I know they're really well beloved and they make good games. But this was one that, like, when I saw it, I was like, okay, this looks really cool. I feel cool. like Del- Double Fine's the type of studio that shoots a lot of bullets and then hopes that one of them lands. Uh, just a lot of their yeah. stuff lately, uh, over the last maybe four or five years after they hit it really big on their Kickstarter, has, have been more so that than anything else. And then they've been just re-upping a lot of their older stuff and trying to bring it into the, the current gen. Yeah, they they got a lot. It seems like they got a lot of cooking. Like you've got Psychonauts, you got this game. I want to say they've got like two or three more games. I can't, I couldn't tell you uh, off the top of my head. I think they, I think Brutal Legend is one of them Brutal too. Brutal Legend, yeah, I think yeah. that's a double yep. fine game. Are they same yeah. with? Uh, what's that one game? I just meant like in terms of like what they're developing right now. Because like I oh, could have sworn yeah. they've like I I know Psychonauts two is supposed to come out this year, and I know like this just got announced, and I want to say they've got like two more games like that are actively in development that. Or just not released Speaking yet. Speaking of them, I'm I'm really shocked the Broken Age hasn't made its way to the Switch. I thought it did. did. I, I don't oh, know. I did it? Totally okay, wrong. maybe I'm maybe I'm totally yeah. off. I, I just didn't. I don't remember ever seeing anything about it. If if not, it just seems like a perfect fit for it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's another one that passed me by. I was like, oh, this looks cool and like it has a really good cast, but I just it just didn't speak sure. to me or didn't catch it at sure. the time. Um, Andrew, I know you. I think you tweeted about this one. You were excited about this one, Blaster Master Zero Two. Yeah, I'm a fan of kind of older older style games mm-hmm. i guess you could say i mean uh i just like the 2d sprites and stuff like that and did you uh, play the first one i did not i mm. actually looked at this on um uh the eShop, and the first one i think is like 10 bucks too yeah. this one's actually launching blaster master zero two is actually launching for launching for ten dollars yeah as well but like i uh i was saying i was like oh man maybe i should play the first one uh, before this one but i might just buy this one because yeah. it looks like it's pretty much from what i've watched on like youtube it's pretty much the same game as the first one except more polished and there's like a new like counter move yeah. function or something like that and that looks really rad because they showed that in the uh in the gameplay trailer but i might try it out on my way to pax and i'll let you guys know but uh yeah, yeah it seems I, like I, one I of those thought games. this game looks cool it seems like one of those you could just jump into and play. Yeah. 
But um, and the last game, the one that they closed out with, the one that is the most I I think the most exciting and interesting of the group is Cadence of Hyrule. So it's made by the people who made Crypt of the Necrodancer. It is essentially Crypt of the Necrodancer with a Zelda skin. So if you're not familiar with Crypt of the Necrodancer, it's like a dungeon crawler, but you move and attack to the beat of whatever song that's playing, and you get bonuses and and you build a combo in that way. Um, it it's interesting to me because it's kind of wild that Nintendo is being so like open with their IP like they're letting the small arguably talented indie team handle one of their biggest and most well-known IPs I I think Um, after the combo with Ubisoft um it's th- they were way they're more a little bit more open. Idea. Maybe they maybe realized. Listen, we've we've dedicated a lot to these games, and in order to produce these high level, high quality games, we have to put one team on on a thing, and then it takes three or four years for that to get out. When we could literally lease this IP out to other companies, still reap some of the profits off of that without having to use you know so much bandwidth. But yeah. on top of that, they're allowing those smaller developers to do something cool and different with their sure. IP. Uh, I'd say the most confusing thing was this. With this, is that I thought this would might be because I own Crypt of the Necrodancer mm-hmm. on the Switch, and I thought I was like, is this just like an update or something like that? Right. But apparently, and this was weird too, is that when they showed like Cadence of Hyrule, it said like Crypt of the Nance- Necrodancer meets Zelda, or, right? And I was like, so is this Crypt of the Necrodancer two? Or right. but then now I was then I was. I looked into it more, and that's completely its own game. But right. is the character from Crypt of the Necrodancer, Necrodan- yeah, Necrodancer yeah. in this game? I was really confused. So, yeah, I, I, I think the messaging. I agree with you. I think the messaging on that is kind of weird. Like it's just the yeah. way. Like it was. A simple- I thought it was like a free update or something. Like I thought that I, I would be okay with that too. But if it's right. just like Zelda and Link, I'm a hundred percent down with that because right. the game looks. Way prettier than Cryptid and sure. yes. Dancer. Like the art style looks fucking rad. So, and to kind of piggyback of what you guys said, as far as you know, them loaning out their IP and and being able to produce games quicker. Like you've got two Zelda games coming out this year now. Like that's you know like oh, so and 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 by the end of this yeah by the end of this year you'll have three Zelda games on the Switch. Which you know that's. If you're Nintendo, that's what you want. Like, I think a big concern was, oh, well, they, they burned Zelda and Mario in the first year, so now it's going to be a long-ass time between those, and it seems like that's not the case, and that's good. That's only going to be good for Nintendo. This will give them a really nice opportunity, um, too, um, because they're going to have, a, a, outside of the Nindies, they're going to have at least one more Direct coming up, and so they can kind of dive into this a little bit more and, and give people more information. This just get, Anything that deals with Zelda or Mario just has the feels of something they're going to give at least 10 to 15 minutes worth of time for or on one of those directs to to give you more information. Right. And another thing too, with this, I mean, I don't know specifically as far as all the games that they listed, but a majority of them, and this is just kind of off of how I remembered it. Um, majority of them were releasing in the first half of this year. So spring or summer. Um, so yeah, I imagine at E3 or post E3, you probably get another one of these and setting up the fall for another, you know, Hey, here's, you know, E3 is going to set up your fall for first party. And then after that, you probably do another Nindy direct. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I would like Nintendo to do a little bit better about is if just to be a little bit more transparent about the indie games that they do say are coming, Mm -hmm. And then they don't come out when they're supposed to. So what I mean by this is there was a fall 
Nindy Direct of 2018, they announced like a couple of games that I was super stoked for, and they said they're going to be released early, like early, early, like 2019. They still haven't come out yet, and there's been yeah. no updates or anything like that. So one in particular I'm really excited for that I want to play on Switch is um, Slay the Spire. Oh, which has yes. been on PC for like two years or something yeah, it like just, that. Yeah, I know it launched into to full release earlier this year, but yeah, that's yeah. one that I would love to play on Switch. So they they announced it in fall of 2018, and they have not said anything yet. So I I they they said like early, early, like 2019. And I yeah. know it's only March. It's almost, almost, almost April. Right. But I consider April spring, so. Sure. Right. And not sure. so much as early 2019. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on where the messaging's coming from. Like, I wonder if the the developers are hitting up Nintendo and be like, "Yep, here's what we've got as far as you know, like here's what we can do as far as exclusivity. Here's what we've got in terms of a launch window." Or if it's Nintendo just promising that stuff, I don't know because it's it's all external people, I would imagine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. I back to Cadence of Hyrule, like. I, Crypt of the Necrodancer is one that's like always been on my uh, my wish list, and like was kind of always oh, just floating it. there. You should play it. I bought it last night and oh, okay. jumped in, and holy shit, that game is awesome! Yeah. Like it like, is a little difficult because mm-hmm. it is all rhythm based, mm-hmm. um, and I wish there would be some sort of like HD Rumble integration with that to kind of right. let you know, like based on beats and stuff like that. But the, the, it's not in the game. Yeah, I think if Celeste, like how Celeste did it was really well. That'd be really cool. Um, So you just kind of have to, if you can keep a beat, you know. Yeah, it solves the big issue with like those kind of games. Like I just can't play like roguelike games that like I just hate dying and losing all of my stuff. Like, and I know you can carry stuff. starting over from the beginning? Right. Uh, And like it solves that issue for me because it is like it's more a rhythm game to me. Like it is more like... All right, cool. Let's stay on beat. Like I'm feeling like the music's really great. Like I love, like I said, rhythm games. It's fun. It can be hard though too. Yeah. But yeah, it is hard as crap. Holy man! Yeah. Like I just got past the um the, the first zone, and the second zone is no joke. Yeah. One of the one of so, the things we left but, off was uh, the messenger is going to have an update, uh, which I thought was really cool too. So uh, right as we're heading into packs, like everybody could be on the floor. I'm so and excited! Play, but like a little more messenger, which I had a an absolute blast playing. I still yeah. have to beat that. Oh, please do, because it is so, like, that's, if I had played it last year, it would have been in my top, like, easily top five I think games. I'm on the last level, too, and I still... Yeah, it's, I'm probably going to be, that's probably going to be the first thing I hit up at PAX, is yeah. the Messenger DLC, because that looks really good. Moving on from the Nintendo Direct, um, let's go to NPD numbers that dropped this week. Uh, this one should lead to some pretty interesting conversation, but uh, this is for February. Uh, Anthem was your highest selling game of the month. There should be no surprise there. But coming in at number two was Jump Force. That was I. Yeah. The Weebs Unite. I was about to say, is that more the Weebs or just the fact that the rest of February was kind of weak? <laughs> um, it might be a little bit of a weeboo thing, or also it's technically a fighting game, and yeah. the fighting community might have been like, okay, let's at least check it out, give it a chance, and I, I've I've heard not great things yeah. about it. So, 
it's just weird to see a game that was reviewed like had such middling reviews that still sold really well. I guess I can't. I, I guess as I say that, I think Anthem, but that also had a whole lot of hype behind it. No, I, I um, think that like there, never trust yeah, the game. I think Anthem just Sorry. had a bunch of like negative press, and I think Crackdown yeah. had a bunch of negative press, and then people were like, okay, well, what can I play that doesn't cost like a ton of money, but I can still get my you know enough gameplay out of for a short month, and Jump Force happened to be it. Yeah, so, I mean, a couple interesting things as far as the, the top 20 NPD numbers are concerned. Crackdown 3 fell outside of the top 20. Um, Chris, do you think that's more a circumstance of it being on Game Pass or a circumstance of it being a not great game? I'm, it's a circumstance of it being on Game Pass for sure. Like, I don't even... I, I, mm-hmm. I throw away the fact that it, it's not a great game. Like, it's just... It, it looks mm-hmm. very old and, and, like, a relic, but whatever. Like, there are people that play 8-bit games right now, so I, I think you could throw that part out. I just think that the Game Pass numbers don't aren't constituted. They don't count those numbers when they count the NPDs. So, like, it's really hard to dictate how many people... Or how, how to, to receive how many people, you know, pick, picked up that game. Right. It... Yeah. I... It... It was sad because I forgot who was commenting. I think Logan Moore was commenting on Matt Piscatello when he was originally doing the tweet, and he was like, mentioned something about Crackdown Three, and I replied to it, being like, "Oh crap, Crackdown Three came out in February. Right. Like, it just feels like it came out." How so sad is that? Ago. That you just you literally just questioned yourself, like, "Oh crap!" Like Crackdown Three came out, and it sucks. No because, one played it, right? Well, it sucks because <laughs> it is it is a good game. Like, I mean, let me. Let me clarify. This is, it's a fine game. It is a it's not, very by the numbers. From, from what I saw, right. it was very casual, yeah. and it was very right. cookie cutter of the first yeah. game. And and would I would have I would I have played that without Game Pass? No, like I wouldn't have plunked sixty dollars no on that. Way. But some people would have. Some people did. That's, that's I was crazy. going to. If you're gonna spend sixty bucks I on that game, it, you might buy Game Pass. Yeah, I was. I, well, yeah. If it wasn't for Game Pass, I probably would have spent and sixty bucks on 60 it this year. Bucks, you I played it at E3, like literally. You should only right. be you at that point with a game like that. You should only be using that sixty dollars to buy Game Pass, right? Just so, not just so you can play that. No, game. No, because at Christmas I got Game Pass games. for a year for sixty nine bucks. Damn, son! If I can get Game Pass on my Switch, nope. let's go. I'll do that. Let's go. Quantum, I'll stream uh, anything. Quantum Break. I still need to play that game. Yeah, I've, it's been downloaded on my Xbox forever. Yeah, I just can't see it. Crackdown just got such bad reviews, and then it just it just yeah. l- got hung to dry. And then everybody... It, yeah. it really... I think... Because uh, I was watching Scott White from IrrationalPassions.com. Uh, I was watching him stream that game when it came out, and uh, it, it just... <sighs> If it, from what he was saying and from what I was seeing was that it looked like it was they were trying to do something cool with it and they're like oh crap this is this might be too much or we don't want to put that big of investment in it to make it be like this thing that they want it to be they wanted it to be so then they just kind of like put it all together and there was also a possibility that like multiple different like people studios teams or whatever you want to call it like touch the game well you could tell yeah so it just it just seemed like a you could tell from the beginning i know that you played you played a little bit of it but the beginning they put a you could tell they put a ton of money and a ton of effort into it especially with the terry crew stuff and then it just literally dropped off the face of the earth and by by so that's the thing is like that's the thing they should have they really if they wanted that game to sell a little bit better than it did terry crew should have been like front and center spoiler alert he dies in the first five minutes of the fucking game. 
Well, yeah. So does I mean that's part of the that's part of the the story. But yeah, that's so stupid. Still, yeah. But you've you've been marketing that Terry Crews is part of this game, and then all of a sudden you're just gonna kill him off. Yeah. Oh, but I can choose to like have his face on my. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a playable character. character. Like, spoiler. but then he just grunts. I don't know. If, I was gonna say I don't like know Terry if this Cruz. is a spoiler, but like, yeah, like your character dies in the beginning, and like, but it, yeah, it's the story is forgettable. The, the the I agree with you. I think Terry Crews' involvement was negligible. It was like, oh, cool. Like the E3 presentation made it seem like he was gonna be a bigger part of it, but like he was he the main wasn't. character, right? But yeah, he definitely, which like, is what he should have been. He's the the character I chose, and it is literally like you said, grunts and like maybe a one liner here or there. But like, it's not even like it reminded me honestly of like old licensed PS2 games sure. where they would get the actor who would play yeah. whoever the Punisher in the movie, and he'd have like uh, a stupid one liner. Like the Rock, I think the Rock was the face of like a, sp- a spy, spy hunter. hunter. Yeah, that that's exactly what they did. With I think game. the thing that the thing yeah. that stuck out to me a lot were the fact that yeah, I mean, you posted that that Metro Exodus is number eight. That's low to me. I mean, it really is. And and Far yeah. Cry, uh, New Dawn, again, low. Like, and didn't even no, chart. I, or did I it chart? What? I, I thought oh, it charted, but I thought it charted like farther, way farther down, like way, way farther down. Yeah. So like, to the, I think Metro, Metro Metro got shafted because of the issues it was having on PC. Well, so like the so and and the reason I put that on there, like so, Metro Exodus being number eight, yeah, like I think a lot of that has to do with it's a very niche game. I think a lot of people who wanted the game on steam didn't want to get it on xbox game pass or not game pass um on on epic game store but they did come out and say hey like during the same release window we sold more of exodus than we did last light on steam so and i don't know how much of that is advertising i don't know how much of that is you know general hype for the game but at you know i think you know a big part of that is all right cool like maybe it doesn't matter as far as the 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 you know which platform you're buying it on, uh, yeah, I don't know. A game like I think Jump Force being as high as it is like kind of threw me off because like I wouldn't have expected that to be number two, but yeah, I, I also would expect Metro to be kind of in the top five. But I guess it just depends on the style of game it is. Yeah, your your top um, six Anthem was one, Jump Force two, Kingdom Hearts three, which was a no brainer. I mean, a lot of I, that I, that was number three. Far Cry was number four, Red Dead five, and then Resident Evil was six. Yeah. So shout yeah. out yeah. and Metro Metro has just always been one of those games that never broke it into the mainstream. Like even amongst the, even in the gaming community, like it's still like a very small part of it. Like I've played both of those games and I enjoy them, but they're not the first that comes to mind of like, Hey, what are like the really good first person shooter franchises that I should play? Like, they, I would get there eventually, but you know it wouldn't be the first one I rattle off. I still found it. I thought um, it was super interesting that Spider Man still made top twenty. Like I, I yeah. just the because of that discount. Yeah. I mean, it well, and it got awards after winning all the Wolf's awards. I thought mm-hmm. would get some hype and get an, get a little love and get a push. But I feel like anybody who has a PS, it's kind of like The Last of Us. If you if you have a PS4, you own God of War at this point, right? Right. I think Spider-Man will be at that point, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a game, especially now as they discount it. It's just going to keep charting until everyone owns it at that point. Um, the Switch was the highest-selling console of February. It's also the highest-selling console year-to-date. Um, I don't have exact numbers, but it makes sense. Just about everyone has a PS4 at this point. If you want an Xbox, you probably have it, or you can get it at any point. So. Sure. Makes sense that the Switch is the highest seller. Um, I think it will continue to be the highest seller probably 
as the year goes on. Yeah, it would take a lot to pop that out at this point. I mean, I just feel like there's not enough switches in a lot of hands. And on top of that, you, people are now in two switch households. <laughs> Sorry. I'm laughing at something. Uh, I'll tell you guys okay. later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Andrew, this one's in your wheelhouse. Apex Legends Season 1 is live, and its first Battle Pass has also been released. Um, it also introduces Octane, the first new character added to the game. Uh, he's not included in the Battle Pass, so he's a separate extra purchase. Uh, it looks like at first glance, Andrew, I mean, we'll get into it. I guess uh, you'll get into it. It looks like they're pretty much copying... Fortnite's formula here with uh, you've got like a, a roughly $10 version which just gets you into the battle pass and then they've got a around $25 version that gets you 25 tiers in gives you like a, a boost to, to start off with um, yeah. I was kind of watching everything pop off on Reddit is this a bad first battle pass Andrew like as someone who plays Apex um I'd say it's a lackluster a little bit. Uh, I think something that kind of, in my, for me personally, I think some of the patch notes was were way more exciting than the battle pass itself. Yikes. Uh, which is fine. I mean, it, it doesn't really bother me just because, like, this is, this is, you know, it is what it is. It's the first battle pass. I'm not, I, I wasn't expecting, honestly, much. I wasn't expecting, like, some people are like, oh, we're going to get three new characters and we're going to get a new map. And I'm like, bro, the game came out like a month and a half ago. <laughs> right. not getting that. Like, that's just not going to happen. That's not how that works. Like, you know, what uh, you could, I could use this as an example is that, so Siege, Rainbow Six Siege, what they do is that they have a year pass. Mm-hmm. So they sell those for $30. And what you get is eight characters spread throughout the year. So you get two characters at the beginning of the year, two characters spring, two characters like summer, and then like two more characters uh, like fall, winter. So it's kind of perfect. Like you know exactly right. what you're getting. There's a roadmap. There, all the maps are going to be free, so it's not like I have to pay to have like extra maps or whatever on like a playlist. Uh, like constant reworks um, and stuff like that. I mean, like you're basically getting the year pass for Siege just to have like all eight of those characters. Right. Like that's 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 like the main thing that everyone wants. Yeah. The characters, especially in a game so character driven. Sure. Exactly, yeah. Character like each character has their own meta and all that kind of stuff. But right. uh, with Apex, very much the same thing, where every character is completely different from each other. Um, but with having to purchase Octane separate from the Battle Pass, it doesn't really irk me very much, just because yeah. there's three levels of currency in the game. Now there's like crafting and crafting mine or cells or whatever they are mm-hmm. and you only get those from apex packs and you can you, you can only use that on like cosmetic stuff um and then there's like the battle points which you literally don't use that for anything else than purchasing characters right so i when i got the battle pass came out i i knew that octane wasn't a part of the battle pass already because i did like my research but when the update finished on my playstation I literally just used the battle points that I had and purchased a character. And I was like, okay, I'll just keep working my way up for like the next character. Like it didn't bother me at all that I had to use 
battle points and that he didn't come with the battle pass. Are there are there tiers me. of the battle pass that give you battle points or are those just exclusively by those are the ones that you just get by leveling up, right? So there are tiers within the battle pass. So mm-hmm. I bought the $10 one, so I start out at level 1. Right. There's the second like premium battle pass where you can spend like 25. $25 $30, which is a fucking mistake if you actually did that. Yeah. But um you literally are just unlocking the first. I thought I thought you actually unlocked all the levels with that kind of amount of money that you'd be spending. Right. But uh, you're just unlocking the first 25 levels, and then you get like an XP, XP boost, and that's literally it. So right. a lot of those levels are just cosmetic things, which is fine because right. a lot of people like cosmetic stuff. But I was like, okay, I play this game probably maybe 10, 15 hours a week. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm getting constant kills and, like, my teammates are getting kills, like, I can get through these levels pretty quick. And I think I'm already, like, level five, like, in the battle pass, but right. not, like, my overall level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's goofy. It's laid out kind of confusing. Uh, but once I took a look at it, it was, like, whatever. And so, like, you can unlock currency within the within the battle pass too like so there's like a it's spread throughout like all the tiers it's like you unlock more battle coins that you can spend on like premium skins and stuff like that um i don't know it, it it's it's a very average like first pass and i yeah. didn't really expect anything from it but it, yeah, it is what as, it is, and I think I think the next season they'll do something cool. I yeah, so. as as an outsider, like I think the only thing that maybe irks me, and like I said, this is as someone who's not like totally invested. Like I've played and I've had a good time with it. It seems like there's a whole lot of different monetization things going on where it is like, oh, like, and I know a lot of it you can earn in game, but like, oh, if you want this yeah. character, you have to buy him separately. Oh, if you want exclusive cosmetics you have to get the battle pass or oh like if you want the cool skins like i i kind of glanced or thumbed through it like it seems like the only skins you get through the battle pass are the very first ones like the ones that are in the first tier and there's nothing else oh. like, it's all just like weapon skins and stuff like that yeah sorry yeah i should have been a little bit more detailed on that so you don't have yeah you don't have to use like those skins cut like the character skins they right. come with the battle pass so it's right. not like i have to to grind my way through the battle pass to get those skins. how many so like, i get i get three skins for lifeline mm-hmm. wraith and then oh so it's Mirage. three per yeah it's three skins oh. okay no well not three skins per character it's oh. one skin per character but it's mm, gotcha. for three different characters gotcha because yeah i mean the one that's that you're going to compare it to is the fortnite you know battle pass and that one like it yeah. seems you know, and, and, you know, I know weapon skins are cool and XP boosts and, you know, uh, Apex packs and stuff like that are useful. But I think Fortnite does it really well where it spaces it out. Like you get that like one or two skins right off the jump and like maybe every five to ten levels you're getting a skin. It might be something crappy. Like obviously your best one is going to be at the end. And like that's kind of the main draw to it for me is the skins. But I guess with it being a first person game, there may not be as much of a draw to the skins. Um, I don't know. Um, Chris, in terms of like, I know you don't play these games as much, but how, what do you have a take on the like battle pass system of monetization? No, you know, I actually, when I saw how much they were charging for the battle pass, I actually, I thought it was fairly reasonable to be quite honest. I I was assuming that they were going to maybe try to chuck 20 bucks out at everybody right off the jump. Nine was at nine 50, right? Like I, I just felt, 
It's something like that. Yeah, yeah I felt I felt was, that was pretty uh, fair to start out. I mean, this is just basically getting people to dip their toes in the water and actually pay money for a product. We'll see how many people stick mm-hmm. around with the product after they're asked to be, you know, to spend any version of money. Like before, it's like, okay, it's easy peasy. Everybody can just hop in and play, and everybody's on an even playing field. When things and the playing field starts to change a little bit because people are spending money in order to cause that change, we'll see how many people stay around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I know the Battle Pass is like the new hotness, but for me, it's just like, I don't know, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I'm just like, just let me pay for the thing that I want. Like, it frustrates me when, like, you know, because I played a whole lot of Fortnite, and I I bought Battle Passes for Fortnite, and it upset me when I was like, oh, well, I don't have the time to dedicate to this in order to get to the highest level, in order to get the best skin, in order to really feel like I got my money's worth out of it. And I understand from a business standpoint why you would want to, because like not only are you getting people to buy in, but you're also getting them in to invest in your game, invest time in your game. And it kind of upsets me that like it's so, I don't know, it feels kind of whiny to say this, but like it feels like it's so limited as far as the time is concerned. Like if I don't get it by this certain time, like that's it. I'm, I feel like I didn't get my money's worth out of Andrew, it. Andrew, I have a question. Well, that's why that's why you should only be purchasing the ten dollar one. Right. Ten dollars. Right. If you didn't yep. get everything, you didn't get everything, but you probably put your ten dollars worth into it. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I bought the twenty five dollar version of uh, the Fortnite one once, and I didn't get it, and yeah, that was a bad decision. Andrew, I saw yeah. you. I, Sorry, Chris. I, I, I saw you saying? hopping yeah. back into Siege. Like, are you finding a dip in Apex? Like, are you finding a dip in people that are like wanting to group up and play, or is it it's still at the same fever pitch as people were two weeks ago? Um. So it was kind of. Yeah, I mean that's a good question. It, for me, uh, I still I think Division Two has kind of taken people's attention away from Apex. Okay. I don't like playing with randoms mm-hmm. on Apex, so yeah. all the people that I usually play with are playing Division Two. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm not feeling Division Two. Um, so usually on my lunch breaks, or I have a job that. Uh, kind of thankfully allows me to have something in the background. So I usually watch my favorite streamer, uh, this, um, and he streams apex all day. So I usually watch him, uh, playing on PC. And then on lunch, I was just like, oh, I haven't like watched anyone play siege in like a really long time. Like, cause they just launched year four and apparently like there's a bunch of new changes that are kind of like changing the game overall and it's really really uh positive for the community because there's been a lot of toxicity yeah with like people's back like the backlash against like uh what ubisoft will allow people to say like in the chat and the like ban people and stuff like that which a lot of people had issues over and they're saying oh like they're being you know that's that's like against my rights or whatever blah 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 it's like well just don't say stupid shit sure. like right. don't say it's their right as or, someone who runs the game to yeah it's, to ban it's whoever literally the hell they their want. yeah they can do whatever they want so now they're doing like some really cool stuff with siege where uh i've played like casual matches in siege where like i would get team killed because I'm playing with a random, mm-hmm. but now there's an update that's going to be coming out soon where if I get team killed, I get the chance to watch them kill me to see if it was intentional or not. And if I think that they purposely did it, I have the the option to either forgive them or to punish them. And if I punish them, anytime they shoot someone else, they also take damage. Nice. Uh, so it's like the bullets bounce back at them. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was really cool. And I was, like kind of blown away by that 
And so I was like, year four just started and like a bunch of new updates just came out. So I, I'll jump back in and I have like five, six friends on PC that are always playing siege. And so last night I bought, uh, the year four pass, which was $30 and, I just like immediately fell back in love with that game. And like, I noticed like a lot of the changes that were taking place and like, I was playing casual matches and like Mm. everyone was being super nice and like the community as a whole, like lots of call outs and like good jobs, like just really good, like sportsmanship and stuff like that. So I was immediately blown away that they were basically like weeding out all the shitty people that play that game. But Later on in the night, when it was like eleven o'clock at night, that's when like some <laughs> of the troll, some of the trolls came out to play and just yeah, right. there was a little bit more uh, yeah, it, it just it got way sweatier and uh, a little bit more toxic. But um, overall, I just unfortunately, as much as I love Apex Legends, Division has kind of taken people away from that yeah. for me, and so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just go back to Siege because I'm not feeling Division and. Yeah, that community is always at this point. That community is always going to be there. What do you mean? The the siege community, like at this point, in with how long it's been out, like the community that's there is the community that's there. Like they're not going to just bounce because of the hottest, you know, whatever new new game is. Absolutely, there's a lot of people that are very like committed to that game because they see what Ubisoft is doing with the constant like updates and changes, and there's like a really hardcore community for it. And the fact that Ubisoft has come out and be like. Hey, we don't know if we're going to be doing Siege Two because honestly, like it, this, it, this can just get better and better and better. Because like the game, basically, when it came out in 2015, it was like dead on arrival. Like it was right. really, really bad. Oh god, I bought and it and it, I was just like, oh, what? Like it pretty much resurrected itself from the dead. And the fact that it's completely different from what it originally launched as is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that they are. They're trying to have up to 100 operators That's uh, crazy. overall. So like 50 attackers, 50 defenders. So like you could choose from 50 different characters. And right now I think they're at like almost 30 per side. No, they're not that close. It's like 40 overall. Right. So like the fact that you can imagine having uh, 30 more for each, you know, attacker right. or... Uh, defender like kind of just blows my mind right. like that, i'm i'm full i'm on with that like, right that and how like they've been able to keep it balanced too it seems like is just yeah. crazy and they rework maps like if if like the community kind of complains about a map and like its design they will look into the map and they'll also test it with like streamers they'll test it with like pro players and they'll see if the map needs to be reworked and like they'll completely basically They'll they'll say it's like a rework, and some map some maps like they'll just completely do redo a whole section of the map, and then just That's like cool. relaunch it again, or it'll just be completely different than what it was before. But it's technically the quote unquote same map. Awesome. Um, so it's just like a lot of like they take a lot of feedback, yeah, and uh, they do a lot of cool stuff with that. Cool. Sort of thing, yeah. So. No. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Ubisoft and Rainbow Six. Like, yeah. I know we started talking about Apex, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's just. But yeah, I mean, good. like Apex is still really, really good. I think yeah. Apex is still, in my opinion, the most polished bat- battle royale. Right. Um, it's just. I mean, it's the nature of these evergreen games. Like you can. Like a game at launch can have the fever pitch that Apex had and it'll drop off and then there'll be a big content drop and people will come back to it. And, you know, it's it's just it's when a game comes out, it's not done anymore. So I don't see it. I don't see it like 
being dead in a couple months or anything like that. Right. I think with the amount of like uh, with the amount of viewers that the guy that I watch, he gets like 5,000 viewers like constant with throughout the whole day. Like that's pretty good. Right. Like for a somewhat small like streamer, like getting that kind of like people are obviously interested in the game. Like I watched Dr. Disrespect too. And like, he's bringing in like 20,000 viewers. Yeah. So it's like, people are obviously still watching very interested in the game. So I, I don't think that it's like waning off. I mean, I, it is waning off, but it's not like really Damn. bad where, you know, right. matches aren't being full or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of waning off, uh, that's a kind of my bad attempt at a transition here, but uh, there are more games bouncing from Steam in favor of the Epic Game Store. The last story is that Control, the new game from uh, Remedy and the Outer Worlds, Obsidian's new RPG, are going to be Epic Game Store exclusives. So that's kind of in keeping with the trend that we've seen earlier on this year with The Division and Metro and all these games coming out and saying, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to be exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Um, I'm imagining Epic is offering them some sort of incentive to be exclusive with them, but then they're also getting uh, a 12% or an 88% cut of the profits. Um, what I find super inter- I guess I find super interesting about this yeah. is Remedy already had an exclusive and they did it with Xbox, so now they're going and doing it in an exclusive with epic and that both exclusivities are one like there's a one-year exclusivity with with epic or with the epic game store for this yeah. game i just can't believe that they're pigeonholing themselves again on a game on a console right. and not allowing it well, to be opened up to everywhere it's just it's crazy well at least on at least on pc like it's you're still on pc yeah. it's just the whole you know like just download the other client sure. but yeah i mean in terms of steam and valve like obviously this has kind of resulted in i don't want to say negative press but it it definitely has the optics of well people are definitely gravitating towards what epic's doing chris do you see Epic doing any or not Epic? Do you see Valve doing anything to shake it up? Do you think they're in trouble at all? They haven't even moved. They haven't balked. They haven't even like they haven't done a thing. They've literally just Nothing. stood still and said, "Okay, go ahead and keep taking punches because we have so much that it whatever you're doing right now is not going to affect us, and you guys are going to have to keep forking over money and cash consistently to pull these guys." Mm-hmm. And what are you doing? You pull them for one year? Big deal. We'll run out. We'll run a Steam sale next year when they come on and sell. You know, as much if not more on a Steam sale or on a humble bundle. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have never been against Steam. It's just because it's been the only option. I think Steam has a lot of issues as far as the way it curates its games. I think it is a. I think at times it can be a cesspool of just like trash, and and. There's something to that that makes it appealing because anybody, almost anybody, can can publish on that platform. But the downside is almost anybody can publish on that platform. <laughs> you get a lot of porn. You get a lot of like really, like really like, weird shit. That yeah, like no like, one should be playing. They took one. They took a game down that was about rape. Like, come on. Like, what yeah. you know? Like those sorts of games like shouldn't even be getting past whatever you know curation yeah. process you have so i think there's something like i i forgot what tweet it was a, a reset era thread that i retweeted that it just seems the way the epic is going about how they're doing things with the store i think it was something about a thread saying that tim sweeney was saying like yeah we're going to curate our shit like we're basically not going to publish a whole bunch of garbage sure. and i was just like i think they are positioning themselves as the anti-steam which 
isn't going to be appealing to the hardcore PC gaming crowd, but I think it's going to be appealing to people that own PCs that don't want to see that kind of shit on a regular basis. <laughs> um, which I know I'm, I'm probably, it's probably a small market, but I'm, I'm one of them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if the sales are impacted at all, because I mean, you see with Metro that, you know, they're saying that they sold two and a half times as many copies in the same release window. And it, you know, it appears that it didn't affect them. So it'll be interesting to see, like, like you said, with, with uh, remedy, if uh, it ends up, they end up pigeonholing themselves and it, you know, cost them in, in the long run. I just run. think it's funny that they fought mm-hmm. for their freedom in order to get on to like PlayStation and everything else. And then they go right back to it on PC and they're like, ah, we're just going to go with one. So wait a second. Mm-hmm. So control isn't coming to play PlayStation. No, oh, it is. It's just on PC. It's an Epic game store exclusive. Oh, yeah, they're running, okay. they're running so one confused. of those like thought... Tomb Raider one year exclusivities where they can only be on Epic Steam, Epic store for one year. And then they're available to be on steam. One of those type deals. Okay, yeah. I thought maybe this was going to affect like console too, because I was totally going to buy Control on console. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's definitely it'll still definitely come out on PS4. Okay. Um, is there any validity to being upset about games going to the Epic Game Store in 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 favor of Steam? Like, is there any sort of validity to the outrage, Andrew? Like, do you have you heard anything about this? Like, uh. I mean, sure, I've heard about it. I'm not really like I. I was uh, there's this other streamer that I watch. His name is Crafty, and he was talking about it too. Where, like, while him and Vis were playing Apex, because they just have conversations about random things too, which is kind of nice. Um, where like it doesn't really matter where you're playing the game because you could either be playing it on Steam or on Epic and. What are you gonna do? Like, and I think I've you you might have said this before, or someone else said this before. Like, you're gonna move your mouse like literally an inch away from the other icon, and it's gonna be it's the gonna exact be okay. same thing. Like, it doesn't even matter. It, it maybe it's it might be like fanboys or something like that, which is like why that's uh, a weird that's a weird thing to be like a fanboy about. Like, oh, I'm I'm strictly on Steam. Like that that's like the the fact that people are. Uh, pissed off about a game being on a particular platform is way dumber than thinking about like Xbox versus PlayStation. I know this is like a silly metric. It's it's waste. Like it's so stupid. (laughs) Yeah. No, like I know it's a silly metric, but like when I scroll through my Facebook feed and I see a Metro, like I follow Metro game page, whatever. And I always check out the comments and you're like, Oh man, not even that. It's just, you know, like Facebook has got the little, whatever the hell reactions and like angry is almost one of them. Like when I'm scrolling by and like, I see a whole bunch of angry acts. It's like, you're, you're upset because like this game came out almost a month ago or over a month ago and you're still, and they, yeah, it also might be the people who are like hell bent on hating Fortnite and, (laughs) but I mean like I'm not hell bent on it. I just don't really like Fortnite that much, but I would never be like, I'm not going to play on the Epic game store because Epic supports Fortnite. Like think like think about that. There's some people who are like that. Right. Who literally don't want to support something just because they they are a big supporter of another thing or like Epic owns like, you know, like I said like Fortnite. You know, people are just so weird. I guess, I guess the anger <laughs> yeah. over gatekeeping 
because of console because you're now you're gatekeeping and forcing somebody to spend three hundred dollars in order to play a game right but to do it over a free service that literally like you said is just clicking a mouse is just seems super silly to me <laughs> yeah oh yeah see like that's what i was saying it, it's it's an when you think about it especially for something like pc where I can have both Steam and Epic Store literally right next yeah. to each and other, and Origin and UPlay, and like literally, like and I have dozens. all of those. Right, I, I have all of those. It does not matter to me. Like, right. why would I even bother wasting energy being upset about something like that? Yeah, you know when uh, when Rise of the Tomb Raider was like a con- console exclusive for like a year with like mm-hmm. Xbox, I wasn't even really angry about it. I mean, I kind of was. But then I played the game like when it came out on PS4. I was like, "Eh, that was a good game." Like that would have that was not. I would not have. I would have been really upset with myself if I had spent three hundred dollars on a console just to play that game. Right at the time that when it came out on on Xbox. Yeah, fanboyism so, is weird. It's a dumb thing to be. Yeah, upset it's it's about. almost yeah. like saying you know I hate Hulu because they have Handmaid's Tale as a console as a as a, a exclusive right. console yeah exclusive. console exclusive. It's like no, like Netflix has their stuff, Hulu has their stuff, you know, Steam has their stuff, Epic has their stuff. It's just that's how yeah. that's how the well, world. That's the works. thing is. EA already exists on the PC ecosystem with Origin. Like there already there is already an exclusive storefront on PC that literally nobody cares about them doing it so it just kind of i think it goes back to what andrew said where i think people just kind of hate on epic and and fortnite because it's epic and fortnite and it's you know it's a global sensation and some people just hate things that are popular and yeah but as someone who doesn't even like fortnite Mm -hmm. the fact i would never go to the the length of being like i'm not gonna play anything on epic game store because they they made fortnite or they support yeah it's just silly some yeah. people are like that. Which oh, yeah, is crazy. I spent stupid. I saved ten bucks on Metro on Epic Game Store. Like it was fifty bucks. As Hell yeah! To I would have totally done that. Like yeah, like- sure, sure. There's no cloud saves and there's no like native controller support and like yeah, like that stuff may or may not be coming down the road. But at the end of the day, like money talks and i think people are going to see like oh well this is 50 bucks here as opposed to 60 bucks here yeah. i'm going to go get the cheaper version and i'm i'm sure a lot of people are upset because there there is that mindset of i want it all on one thing so mm-hmm. i don't have to like manage of manage origin i don't have to manage uplay i don't have to manage steam i don't have to have manage epic game store i get it but like that's just not going to happen right. you know and as we get into the streaming future like yeah, that's you're what's licensing, happen. you're licensing out to different platforms like that's just how that works you know it's how you make money so yep yep so we will see what the future holds but uh for now let's get into our weekly dose of positivity this is where we uh give shout outs to members of the community whether it be people that we interact with or it could be games movies anything that we really kind of hit us this week and kind of had an impression on us chris let's start with you do you have anything you want to shout out i want to shout out uh sony santa monica for and and cory barlog and the whole team uh for god of war I had the opportunity yesterday to play, watch my son play God of War for the first time at 11. Like, he's kind of hit a, a level where uh, my wife and I agreed, you know, it's okay, he can move up a level on the games and the kind of the violence and stuff that he's playing. And, man, watching the first time that that axe hit his hand and the the controller vibrated and he, like, like he his hands jolted a little bit and then he was like, That's it was awesome. awesome. Like, it was, like, one of those experiences, like, he gets it and – he he got about an hour into the game and was just kind of working his way through. But like just watching that experience, 
the the whole thing of being about a father and son it it was just a really really cool vibe and just shout out to the, to the the whole team the game i i enjoyed it it was it's bet it easily one of my top 5 games over the last you know 4 or 5 years and to be able to share that with my with my son was a, a just a unbelievable experience yeah. yeah, I finally saw cool. that tweet. I saw. I finally saw that tweet of yours that that Sony Santa Monica responded yeah. to and liked, and that got oh, really? a little bit of traction. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, yeah, no, it was really cool. I mean, and and yeah, being able to share that with your son is really cool. Uh, Andrew, do you want to shout anyone out? Yeah, um, recently just talking about Ubisoft, but like shout out to them for honestly, like sticking with a game that was dead on arrival, and that I was talking about Siege. Um, you know, they, I, I'm not like the biggest fan of like a lot of Ubisoft games, like Assassin's Creed. I, I, I loved it when like that first, that series first started, but then I just, because there's so many, you know, I just wane off after time. Um, there's some other games that I like Splinter Cell always love Splinter Cell. Uh, and like, I've always loved the Rainbow Six series as well. So the fact that like they, put the time and effort to basically resurrect a game from the dead. And, mm-hmm. uh, and also like they're doing constant updates to make sure that the community is like healthy and that people are safe and not being abused. I think is, I, I have personally from what I play from the games I play, I haven't seen that from any other developer or publisher Right, uh, is to like be like, Hey, like we want people to be, be feel safe and not feel, uh, like threatened or hurt or anything like that, and I think that's that's really awesome. Is that you're allowing you're giving the power to the player to choose how they should treat other people. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think that I think that solution that you described that they came up with for team killing is incredible. Like, yeah, that's like, I've never that, seen that before. I'm surprised that that's something that it took this long for a developer or publisher to implement in an online game because it's yeah. always been an issue, especially in online multiplayer games. So, especially tactical shooters, it's always been an issue where, you know, it, it that's like the realism is. Oh, I can I could like accidentally shoot my teammate. Right. But the fact that they're giving the person who's getting killed the chance to look at the camera and be like, okay, I think it was an accident. Like I jumped in the way of of their sure. line of sight. Right. And, or versus like, oh, that was 100% intentional. They're just trolling me. And then you punish them. You have the option to punish them. And then that person who killed you kind of gets screwed over because like for the rest of the game, they're just going to be taking damage and getting killed like right away by either, well, more than likely the other team. So it's not integrated yet, but it's it's coming very soon. Yeah. I, I, th- I just think like overall the fact that, you know, there's no talks, there's no discussion of um, there might be but from what i understand is that there's no discussion of making another siege like this is kind of like overwatch like they're just going to continuously back this game and like make it better and better and better so i yeah shout out to ubisoft and uh shout out to the siege team that are constantly working on this game and absolutely stuff I want to give a shout out to a very special member of the ok beast team mr ian prichelle um I haven't met Ian personally, but I've interacted with him on Twitter, as many of you probably have. Um, but yeah, he's always just kind of around, like, and I don't mean that in a weird way. Like, he's every time, like, I mean, I don't have a huge following on Twitter, so when I tweet stuff out, and like, it's almost disheartening when like you put something out and like no one really responds or likes it or anything like that. And Ian is almost always consistently like there, 
like, you know, liking stuff, responding, like messing around, making jokes. And Ian, if you're going to PAX East, I don't know if you're going to PAX East, but let's hang. I want to meet you. Like, you're a good dude. You seem like a good dude. Um, but yeah, no, just thanks for like, seriously, just like something as simple as like liking someone's tweets. Like it really just, I know it sounds silly to say like as a grown man, but like it really just kind of like lifts your day up and makes it, makes it feel like, all right, cool. Like all the time I put into Twitter is kind of worth it at this point. Yeah, for real. No, I, uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting Ian in person and he came here to Minneapolis and we hung out for a couple of days. So yeah, no, Ian's a great guy. Shout out to him. And I, I, I think, uh, one time he just like, straight up said on Twitter, you know, like, I'm just, I don't want to be a negative person and yeah. I just want to make everyone feel valued. That's cool. And I think that's really important. I think if we had more people like Ian, uh, in the world, it, the world would be a lot better. Shout out so. to you, Ian. I really yeah. appreciate you. I know we, I speak for us too. when I say we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, but that's all we got for you guys tonight. We really appreciate you guys coming and listening to us once again. Uh, if you guys wanted to please visit us, uh, certain effect.com. All of these episodes will be up there. Uh, facebook.com slash certain effect, certain effect gaming, and also Twitter at certain effect. You can find the three of us on Twitter as well. Um, please just, chat with us let us know what you thought of the show we really appreciate any and all of your feedback uh for now we'll see you next time hey.